Hello and welcome to Coffee Milk. I'm Mark Laporte, and I wanted to start off this episode by saying that Eleven Labs, if you don't know Eleven Labs, they're probably hands down the best text-to-speech tool, audio tool, there is. Their voices are better than anything. You can clone your own voice if you wanted to. They've just announced that they will actually be allowing voice actors, or really anybody, royalties for other people using your voice. So they call it voice actor payouts. They say, we're excited to announce that we're adding a monetization feature to the voice library, voice actor payouts. Previously, limited to sharing artificial voices created within the uh, voice design tool, voice library now lets you share your own verified voice clone made with professional voice cloning and earn money when others use it. So this is how the whole thing works. You submit audio samples for training to Eleven Labs, and it says it's going to require anywhere from 30 minutes minimum uh, to three hours maximum. And they say it's optimal. Make sure the audio files are clean and, and don't contain any background noise. The beautiful thing about that is, even if you do it on your phone and you're out in the middle of traffic, you can totally upload that audio file right to Adobe Podcast and they'll enhance the whole thing for you. This is what I use for the podcast. And when I do stuff at the shop, when I'm filming videos for the shop, it's a very loud environment. We always have an air compressor or a grinder going, people rapping stuff, people hitting stuff with metal, uh, hitting metal with a hammer. I could take all of that out and all you hear is just my boy, my boss's voice or my voice. And it sounds like you're practically in a studio. You don't sound like you're in a 20,000 square foot facility. Now, depending on what you want to use your voice for, say it's audiobook. Now, an audiobook is very different from actually acting. So what you're going to want to do is that three-hour file, you're going to want to make sure you're kind of reading a book out loud just so you have a certain tone for the audiobook. Now, if you want to do cartoons, yes, you got to do crazy cartoon voices and you got to do that for three hours. Good luck with that. Then once it's uploaded, you just share it to the voice library and has a little bit of discoverability. I believe right now they only have maybe 15 different voices, but now this way you're going to have any voice you want, Asian accent or a Russian accent, anything like that. So this is, this is really beautiful. And you can decide you want to withdraw it at any time. You always have full control over that. So yeah, if you want to check that out, go to 11labs.io. That's the word, 11labs.io. And much like last year around this time, it was March, I believe, that so many AI tools came out and you had so many great things. Well, this past week was nothing different, but this wouldn't be coffee milk if I didn't have the Rhode Island rant. In my word, they had more news stories than AI. So let me get into this. Let's go back to 2016. Under the impressive leadership of Gina Raimondo, the Wicked Witch of the West. Now, if you're from Rhode Island, you know that reference. If you're not from Rhode Island, take a picture of Gina Raimondo and then a picture of the Wicked Witch of the West and put them side by side. They look identical. You would swear she played that woman 100 years ago. Friggin' hilarious. Anyway, she wanted to come up with a tourism logo, which is pretty cool, you know, for the state of Rhode Island. She hired a, a firm, not in Rhode Island, mind you, where all the politicians brag we got some of the brightest minds which we do. I don't know where the shit they are. They're all hiding under a rock right now, apparently. But we have RISD, Rhode Island School of Design. We, we have Rhode Island School of Design. We have Brown University, uh, Providence College, 
great basketball team. We got Johnson of Wales, Bryant. We have a whole bunch of colleges all within a 10-minute drive. So to pay an outside-the-state firm to come up with a tourism motto for the state of Rhode Island, it just, it, it, it's mind-boggling to me. Why do politicians do these stupid things? So you took our tax dollars and you, and you sent them out. Fantastic. Out of state. I love it. Beside the point, it was a New York firm, and it cost $5 million for this motto. The motto in 2016 for $5 million was cooler and warmer. That's the motto. That's what they came up with. We have great minds in the state of Rhode Island. Shit, you could have gone to any homeless person and offered them a Big Mac, and five bucks says they would have given you 20 better names without even thinking. So I don't understand. Now, the funny thing is, the guy who actually created this motto was the guy who came up with the I Love New York tagline, which apparently, I guess he actually passed away today. I'm sorry to hear that. I Love New York, great motto. Cooler and warmer for Rhode Island? I mean, oh, God, you could have done a lot better. I mean, we always joke, if you don't like the weather, wait a minute. I would have used that for the motto. I would have used anything, you know? Take a left at the Almax. That's what I would have used. Just anything. Anything other than cooler and warmer. So they were really hoping that was going to promote tourism to the state of Rhode Island, which we got the Newport mansions. We have some of the best beaches around. It's, it's a good state, but you can't get around it because everything's always under construction. So obviously cooler and warmer didn't work. We're the worst state in everything. So we bought it. We got a new motto. Do you think they went to the state of Rhode Island for that motto? No. We spent $483,000 on this one, which is, hey, at least we got it at a, at 10% the price. But what the shit? They also plan on spending $3 million to uh, promote tourism through ads, or I don't know how they're going to do it. So for $483,000 from a marketing company in Florida, you get all that. Nope, that's the slogan. Rhode Island's tourism slogan is all that. We had Good Burger 2 filmed here last summer, and maybe that has... But that's what they came up with. Not the 90s show, all that, or the song. What was it? I don't know. Irregardless. (laughs) All that. That's what they got. Again, they didn't go to RISD. They didn't go to Brown. They didn't go to just a normal human being at Olneyville getting a New York Systems hot dog. Like, what are you doing? Why? I don't understand. So, all that. That's, everybody's up in arms and it's it's insane. It's insane what this state spends on and where they spend the money. So, that's the slogan. 483000 That's not bad compared to... They put out a bond a couple of years ago for $29 million so that we could build a minor league soccer stadium. Now, we have a major league soccer team called the Revolution, New England Revolution. We have a minor league hockey team, the Providence Bruins. We had the Pawtucket Red Sox, which was the minor league team for the Boston Red Sox. None of those things ever sold out. Nothing. You have a major league soccer team, soccer being one of the biggest sports in the world, or if not the biggest sport in the world, it doesn't draw a full crowd. So now we're going to take out a $29 million bond to build a stadium so that some billionaires could bring a team here or build a team here. 
it doesn't matter. You're going to read in five years that the team's going to fold or sell to another state because they're just not, quote unquote, just not meeting expectations. Well, no shit. You could have asked any Pawtucket resident what you think, and they'd say you're an idiot. So $29 million, the bond. Now, we, oh, it was $27, $27 million, I'm sorry. I thought it was 29 Now we realized, at, since the bond, over the 30-year payments, it's going to cost us $132 million. $132 million for a minor league soccer team with a 10,500-seat capacity in a city that has 70,000 people max? Not going to happen. Never going to work. That team is going to fold. I give it max five years. And the funny thing is, people who actually do numbers did the numbers and realized we're not even going to make the tax revenue from this thing in the 30 years to pay 132. Of course not. Because you know somebody was getting a kickback on this one too. Twenty, I guarantee somebody got $2 million for this. This is the state of Rhode Island again in a nutshell. Come here for tourism. Don't stay long. They're going to just tax you to death. And if you're retiring, get this shit out of the state. Don't come here. Don't start a business here. Just get out because they're going to kill you. They're going to kill you. It was much better when the mob ran this place because at least we would have gotten that stadium done at maybe a quarter of the cost and somebody's kneecaps would have been broken had that thing fallen apart. Now, finally, we're on the Washington Bridge, which is Interstate 195, and they're closing that down. They're going to destroy the whole thing because one pin was busted, and they're saying it's a catastrophic failure. Now, if you look at this bridge and the pictures of it, yes, it this whole thing really needs a teardown. Now they found out that of our 137 other remaining structurally deficient bridges, I-95 bridge now causes concern because you got people walking underneath it and they're taking pictures and no, this cement is cracked straight through. The pylons, I mean, they're a little cracked, but you could see the supports going across, holding up the I-beams. Yeah, it's just cracked. The rebar's exposed. <laughs> This is awesome <laughs> because we're going to probably have to tear this down. They said that this year they were going to come up with a plan, but they were going to start construction on it in 2025 because why not kick the can always down the road? They're going to have to shut this bridge down and they're going to cause an entire standstill in the state of Rhode Island. Businesses are going to fold. It's insanity the absolute gross incompetence at a state level is so astounding. I'm surprised the Justice Department doesn't open up an investigation into the entire state and how it's run because holy shit, we suck at life. And it it pains me because we have awesome people in this state. Like the people who are from Rhode Island we are just a whole other breed, and we're so cool. But you just have maybe 150 dumbasses running the place into the ground. At such a level, it would make one's head explode. 
This is why I'm telling you, I'm going to run on the platform that I can't do any worse and I might win. That's the sad part. Somebody who literally just comes right out and says, yeah, I can't do any worse. Not, hey, I'm going to strive for excellence for this state. No, I just can't do any worse. (laughs) So remember that, 2026, look out for Mark Laporte. I can't do any worse. So that's the Rhode Island rant. And now back to AI. (laughs) Stability AI just announced Stable Diffusion 3. This thing looks so much better. Definitely comparable to Midjourney's image creation, but it also has the ability to correctly put words in. And it seems like on a whole other level, there's just one picture. It's got a green bus. To the side of the bus is a sign that says go. On the bus, it says dream on in those lights that usually say like Philadelphia or Los Angeles. And then on the side of the bus, it has stable diffusion. So it actually took all three of those prompts where it gave it different words. It correctly wrote those words on that image. If you've used any sort of text to image generator, you know that it, it rarely do you get a correct spelling in any of your photos. They go on to say the suite of models currently ranges from 800 million to 8 billion parameters. It combines the diffusion transformer architecture and flow matching. I'm not entirely sure on what that is, and they just said that they'll release a detailed technical report soon. So I'll get an in-depth analysis on that, and I'll report back to you. So the benefit of using Stability AI was you could actually do anything with it. There were no limits, whereas you use something like Midjourney, and there are limits. You there are certain words that just it won't spit out an image if you say anything wrong or anything like that. Stability, you could it was models used across a whole bunch of genres. Now it seems with this, they're gonna probably pull the throttle back on that and maybe have more measures in place because they say they want uh, safe, responsible AI practices. So that's why they're announcing it now. I'm sure it's in some alpha launch with developers. They're going to just continually collaborate with researchers, experts in our community over this time and kind of get feedback before the public release. The models, though, uh, are really good. And if it's very prompt specific, it's nailing it. You got one photo of a guy on Mars and there's a big donut in the background and then a moon. You have another picture of a guy wearing a tutu in an astronaut costume on a pig with a pink umbrella. And then there's a bird with a hat in the same picture. So it's a very prompt specific. That's not something Stability AI would just come up with. Then you got a super realistic, I want to say this is a gecko picture. The the pigmentation on it, the, the skin, it's fabulous. I highly recommend checking out Stability AI. And that's stability.ai. You can join their waitlist, which I actually just did now. Last week, I had mentioned Google's Gemini 1.5. That was the text model. But I had also said it wasn't available because they had given us Gemini Ultra. Well, they were in hot water over that because the image generation tool didn't give the results you would expect. The short version of the story is that people discovered that when you entered a prompt to create images based on a historical context... Gemini would insert prompts to ensure that the results it gave were inclusive and more representative of a diverse population. 
it was uh it was wild to see some of the screenshots some of them i saw were you know uh, a picture of world war ii nazis <laughs> you had a black guy you had an asian woman you had it, just everybody but a white guy he then you would ask for the founding fathers a picture of the founding fathers and again you would have an asian woman a uh, black you would have nobody that was actually a founding member in the founding fathers picture so once they realized their faux pas, they disabled the ability to create Im- images with Gemini. Then they went on to publish a blog post with kind of an explanation and said, uh, it's clear that this feature missed the mark. Some of the images generated are inaccurate or even offensive. We're grateful for users' feedback and are sorry the feature didn't work well. Then the article I'm reading goes on to explain, to be clear, it isn't that the feature didn't work well. It actually worked exactly as it was designed. Their whole spiel was, well, there's people from around the world, so if you wanted a picture of a footballer, you might not necessarily want one race. You might want all ethnicities represented. Like, sure, but you should get what you ask for. When it you would ask for a white person, it wouldn't do it. It'd be like, nope, sorry, we can't do that, but we can give you more inclusive things. But if you asked for an Asian person or a Native American, it would give you that if you said you want an image of the founding fathers you would expect it to get some of the details right and not just completely misrepresent the whole thing especially when you're searching for images of world war ii nazis i i'm very sure that the black community would not appreciate being in those pictures like that's just insane i think this just goes to show you know google has the top minds in the world working for them why didn't anyone speak up? This has to go through uber rounds of testing before it's released to the public. So why didn't say somebody say something like, hey, you know, it's not really doing pictures correctly and it's acting weird when I'm asking for specific things. So that just goes to show that people are afraid to speak up. They don't want to sound stupid or racist or anything like that. And that's something that I think needs to be addressed more than what the results were by google so google in the news this time not for a good thing oh there were rumors about a mid-journey and x partnership x being twitter apparently that's been that's actually been confirmed that there are talks with mid-journey and x for uh image prompts or generate being able to generate images into x which is awesome because i'm sure I made this whole beautiful video of specifically step-by-step how to design a car using Midjourney. And people that uh, kind of follow the shop's Facebook page and Instagram page, they always ask me to do the things for them. Now, I've helped out a couple of people, but some some of them are very needy and they want things changed on a dime. And sure, I can do that, but it, it takes a minute. You got to finesse the damn thing. I can't just type in, oh, I want bigger fenders for the same car, and it gives you that. That's not how any of this works. So at least if you can sign up for Twitter, it should be easier to use than Discord, where you got to do slash imagine, all this other stuff, and people are very scared to use Discord in the first place. The older generation, not the younger folks. Because Ray keeps on telling me, Mark, can you make a video on how to show people how to use YouTube and where the videos are? It's like, Ray, it's a, a 30-year-old friggin' program. No, wait. What year are we in? 24? Okay, 25-year-old thing. 
if people don't know how to use it by now, then fuck them. I just, I, I can't dumb everything down for everybody. And I can't make everybody happy. I'm trying. I don't know where I went off on that one. But X and MidJourney partnership, that's pretty cool. And MidJourney's talking about a possible API where users can finally use the MidJourney API into their own system and, and get their own results. And that'd be cool. Because I, I love MidJourney. I still think, hands down, best text-to-image generator out there. I'm not sure how that's going to work with X and Grok being uh, X's AI or Elon Musk's AI. I don't know how that's going to affect it. So even if they don't do a partnership, I'm sure they would help out with some sort of text-to-image generating tool from Grok. Speaking of Grok, G-R-O-K from Elon Musk is a language model. Grok G-R-O-Q is going to be an AI chip that's going to replace the GPUs. And they're calling it a learn uh, language processing unit. So any language model that uses this AI chip will be 10 times faster. So it was a demo video between the CEO and a news reporter, a British news reporter, interacting with uh, a language model using the chip. What fascinated me by it was the, the uh, person who was interviewing, she did not let up. She would ask the AI uh, a question. The AI would instantly respond as the AI is responding. Say she got all enough enough information in the first five seconds. The interviewer would, boom, ask her it another question as the AI was already responding. And boom, the AI stops and starts answering that second question without asking what or I'm sorry or could you repeat that? Anything like that. Didn't skip a beat. It was instantaneous. I've been playing around with it using um you can go to grokgroq.com and play around with it asked it a question it gave me my entire answer at 283.27 tokens a second the total time it gave for this output was actually one and a half seconds which is pretty slow because i've seen this damn thing go at half a second 0.9 seconds uh yeah 0.9 seconds it was wild and this was actually asking it here I had to type it. It took me longer to type it than the actual machine gave me to respond. And ChatGPT, if you use ChatGPT, even uh, at 4 Turbo, it still takes some time. When I say, hey, can you describe something for me? It, it takes maybe 20, 30 seconds to give me the full answer. Now, I'm not complaining because that is amazing. But this is just, if you get ChatGPT on that chip, it's going to be 10 times faster. That's insane to me. If you ever create a content website about a certain niche or something, you would know that anytime Google came out with an update, you were kind, you were really scared for your website because my word, does it just, I don't care if you're the best website out there on a subject, they can knock you back so far and not even put you in the results. It's insane. One of their latest updates, I'm not sure which one, maybe the third or fourth one uh, this past year. You notice that after the update, all the top results were Reddit search results. Now, I didn't know why, and I found that really odd, because why are you giving Reddit so much power? Well, it just came last week. Reddit and Google now have a $60 million a year a deal where all the information on Reddit can be used to train Gemini. So that kind of makes sense. They probably have been talking about this for at least a quarter. 
I think it's a, a great deal for Google. $60 million for all that data. That's huge. Now, Grok, Elon Musk's tool, they're using X data real time. That's interesting. Back to Eleven Labs. They're now getting into the AI sound effects game. I remember a while back I was talking about how Meta teased us with their own version of a text-to-audio prompt generator where if you want a forest with swirling or whistling trees or whatnot and a bird, it would do that no problem. Well, Eleven Labs is also coming out with that. And that's funny because they're also now part of the 2024 Disney Accelerator. And it, because the voice thing that was two weeks ago, I didn't catch that. The Disney Accelerator was this past week and I was reading more about it. Now it makes sense. Disney owns Pixar. You don't need actors to actually come in anymore and sit and do the actual voicing in studio. They can do it from their home. They can provide three hours to the AI tool, and then boom, you type in their script, and they do their script. Insane. They also have a lot of other things in that accelerator. In the accelerator, they're working with NeuroInc, which is a Mountain View-based robotics and autonomous vehicle company. They're doing work with a Miami-based sports technology platform called Status Pro, Promethean AI, which is an artificial company that provides a suite of tools for virtual world creation and digital asset management. So no need for set, no need for crazy CGI graphics. Wow, I didn't know Epic Games was part of their program when it opened in 2014. Damn. Well, whatever it is, I would pay attention. I would Google this and read this article. The Disney Accelerator, the 2024 cohort. I'd pay attention to these companies and see which ones... See if you notice bigger companies that are on the stock market or being traded invest in any of these companies. Like Microsoft invested in OpenAI. You know Microsoft's a good bet. NVIDIA makes GPUs. You know NVIDIA's a good bet until that LPU comes out and then it's kind of over. But I can guarantee you NVIDIA is already 12 steps ahead and they're going to work out a deal where they already have the manufacturing capabilities. They can do it. So that's it with Disney, but with all the stuff with Disney and their accelerator, I read an article last week, Tyler Perry, uh, he did the whole Medea franchise, he's got a fascinating story, if you ever want to read a rags to riches story, it's Tyler Perry, because that guy's got more money than God now, and good for him, because he worked his ass off to get there, he had plans to do a Los Angeles-based studio, film studio, for all his upcoming projects. Once he saw the Sora release, which was that text-to-video platform I was hyping up last week because it is absolutely insane, well, he put a halt to his $800 million studio because of Sora. Now he sees, okay, he doesn't have to build sets anymore. He doesn't have to do a lot. People can do this from the comfort of their own home. $800 million deal gone just from a teaser trailer of a platform that can do text-to-video. I'm glad other people are seeing the revolutionary impact this is going to have on everything. Not to say that AI is going to totally replace humans, but humans who use AI will replace humans. It's just, this is why I stress, I can't stress hard enough that you have to get on this. You have to start playing around with AI. 
there's new tools coming out every week and people are asking for 3D imaging uh, software. I know there's a couple of them. They're not great, but they're out there. You could just give it a picture and it would try its best to create a 3D image model. It's not going to be 100% perfect. It's going to be pixelated as hell. Like it almost looks from Minecraft. So boom, $800 million studio gone. Good for him though. He's going to save it. He's going to save a good amount of money. Now, the last thing I want to bring up was I saw a tweet from Ted Zhao. He's a lead research scientist at Google DeepMind. So this guy knows his shit. His tweet intrigued me. This was from four days ago. He said, there will be three to four pieces of massive news coming out in the next few weeks that will rock the robotics and AI space. Adjust your timelines. It'll be a crazy 2024. So I'm already adjusting my timelines because Sora came out this this month. I was looking towards the end of the year, possibly beginning of 2025. He did reiterate that it's not AGI, so we're not going to be there within the next couple weeks. That's not to say it won't happen the end of this year. Coming out of the Justice Department, they appointed their first Chief Artificial Intelligence Officer. Attorney General Merrick Garland on Thursday announced the appointment of Jonathan Mayer as Chief Science and Technology Advisor and Chief AI Officer, a designation that will help the Justice Department keep pace with rapidly evolving scientific and technological developments. Mayer, who holds a Ph.D. in computer science from Stanford and a J.D. from Stanford Law School, will advise the Justice Department on matters such as cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and recruiting technical expertise to bolster the department's technological capabilities. Interesting. It's nice to see the federal government be a little proactive and not reactive, although I'm sure this is reactive because they've probably gotten so many lawsuits and they don't know how to handle this stuff. Let's hope this is good news. So I'm psyched to know what March has to offer. Last year, March was huge. This year, it doesn't look like March is going to be any different. So pay attention. Get excited. And that's all I have for this week's episode of Coffee Milk. I'm Mark Laporte. Thanks for listening.